0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg, reporting from Tallahassee, where the Supreme Court has ordered the governor to withdraw his nomination of Renatha Francis for membership on the High Court and pick someone else from the list of nominees who is actually qualified for the job.
1: The ruling says very clearly that we're all governed by the rule of law, including the governor of the state of Florida. Uh, he is not above the law and The Supreme Court made that point very clear.
0: The governor has until noon to pick a new justice. Today on Sunrise In-Depth, you'll hear from the state representative who filed the lawsuit that stopped him. They are still the hotspot on Florida's coronavirus map, but today is the day Miami-Dade and Broward counties are entering phase two of the COVID recovery.
2: Very happy to say that thanks to our community doing their part and wearing masks and social distancing and practicing good hygiene, uh, we're seeing great results.
0: The move to phase two means both counties are gearing up for the return of students to the classroom. They're all virtual right now.
3: We have surveyed our parents, and parents will have a choice to continue to maintain uh, distance learning. But parents will also have the choice uh, to return their children to school. And right now, our community has declared about 51% of them uh, want to do just that.
0: We all hear the stories about thousands of kids being exposed to COVID-19 and forced to quarantine after going back to the classroom, but the governor claims it's not as bad as it sounds.
4: We've had very few cases compared to the number of students that have been, been in session.
0: The latest polls show Donald Trump and Joe Biden in a statistical tie in the Sunshine State. New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg says he'll try to push Florida into the blue column by spending $100 million here between now and Election Day. Speaking of elections, there's a new mini documentary, Making the Rounds, that explains exactly how to vote by mail in Florida. The star of the show is Meathead.
5: Right now, hundreds of thousands of us are dying. But it doesn't have to be this way. We have the power to stop this madness. And that power is at the polls.
0: For the younger folk trying to figure out who Meathead is, the real name is Rob Reiner. Now, you may know him as the Emmy-winning actor, comedian, writer, and director of movies like The Princess Bride, The American President, When Harry Met Sally, and Misery. But to my generation, he will always be Meathead from all in the family. We'll also have your calendar of political events and check in with a couple of Florida men who are doing their best to make our state look as bad as possible. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, September 14th. After a week of rising fatalities from COVID-19, we got a break Sunday when the Department of Health reported just eight more deaths from coronavirus. Unfortunately, that number is likely an anomaly because Sunday's numbers are always low because of the way deaths are reported. Over the past week, the state recorded 759 additional fatalities from COVID-19. That's an average of more than 108 every day. Florida also added almost 18,000 new cases of coronavirus in the past week and 1,300 new hospitalizations south florida has been the epicenter of florida's COVID crisis but the numbers are improving and today is the day miami-dade and broward join the rest of the state by entering phase two of the reopening process miami-dade mayor carlos jimenez says entertainment venues will be getting back in business now the department of business and professional regulation is allowing bars throughout the state to reopen at 50 percent capacity today but jimenez says bars and nightclubs in miami-dade will have to remain closed
2: we're coming together here in miami-dade county to tamp down this uh, pandemic that we have been facing since March very happy to say that thanks to our community doing their part and wearing masks and social distancing and practicing good hygiene. Uh, we're seeing great results. Today's positivity rate from Miami Dade County is 6.3% our hospitalizations that uh, continue to go down. So uh, that gives our health workers they have been heroes throughout this entire ordeal, you know, a little bit of a break and uh, our elderly and those at high risk of the virus continue to be protected. So on Monday, my administration will be looking at what businesses we can reopen that were forced to close in June because of the spike after Memorial Day. Those includes entertainment venues like movie theaters, bowling alleys, playhouses and arcades operating at 50% capacity under strict rules to keep people safe. Let me be clear that Miami-Dade County will not be opening up bars and nightclubs. There are other parts of our state uh, where opening bars is perfectly okay, fine, because they have very few cases of covid-19 we're still not out of the woods yet but we're getting closer we must make all, make all sure that take personal responsibility about protecting ourselves and others from catching this virus for this second phase of uh, indoor openings i will continue consulting with our medical experts to make sure that openings are done the right way and i want to make uh, i want to give time to those entertainment venues that qualify for opening a limited capacity to get ready for now I'm very pleased that our community is taking this virus very seriously by wearing masks and keeping and maintaining social distancing. That will be key to our future success.
0: Miami-Dade schools are being taught remotely right now, but school superintendent Alberto Carvalho says entering phase two means they are almost ready to open classrooms. He thinks that'll happen by the end of the month.
3: Uh, With the transition of our county uh, to phase two, effective Monday, that lifts a huge roadblock, that has prevented us from uh, taking additional steps. Our school board uh, had approved the reopening plan, declaring eight specific criteria that have been measured over time. And we are happy to report at this point that every single one of those data points declared indicating criteria for the reopening uh, is being met. Putting us in a position of having simultaneously a declaration of phase two with additional reopenings in the county uh, side by side uh, with every one of the gating criteria recommended by uh, our experts uh, coming together within the timeline that I believe will allow us uh, to reopen schools within the initially declared a uh, timeline. We had told this community that by September 30th, we would make an announcement. I think we'll be able to make an announcement about the date before that for that criteria is being met. We're also convening the medical experts to get a final recommendation and recognition of where the medical data stands today. So we are extremely encouraged by the downward trends that we have observed. So lower positivity rate, uh, lower than 10 percent, heading towards 5 percent, and ultimately 3 percent over a 14-day period of time. Uh, lower hospitalizations, lower use of ICU uh, bedding, uh, lower viral strength in a community that's a total number of uh, COVID positive uh, cases, uh, increased testing, but also an increased frequency of testing, but also swifter uh, results. All of those elements have moved in a very positive trajectory for our community and combined with the declaration of phase two, it opens the doors literally uh, to the possibility of a return to schools. Uh, Yes, there will continue to be choice in this choice district, and we have surveyed our parents, and parents will have a choice to continue to maintain uh, distance learning, but parents will also have the choice uh, to return their children to school. And right now, our community has declared about 51% of them uh, want to do just that. We ought to satisfy that uh, that essential need for our community. Obviously, when they return, uh, we will have in place all of the safety and precautionary measures in place with increased sanitization cycles, with isolation rooms, with a nurse in every school, uh, with appropriate social distancing. But I wanna be clear, six feet of distance is probably not gonna be possible in many schools. That's why the requirement of masks, self-assessment of students prior to leaving their homes, Self assessment of employees prior to leaving their homes and declaration so that the risk of uh, contagion is significantly uh, decreased.
0: There have been stories in almost every county that has reopened schools about kids coming to class with the virus or being forced into quarantine because they were exposed to someone else who tested positive. The Florida Education Association is still fighting the governor in court over the forced reopening of schools. And while the case is sitting at the First District Court of Appeal, the teachers union is running this ad to warn parents that all is not well. They're accusing state officials of concealing the severity of the problem.
1: Schools are open, and across Florida, parents are wondering if their kids are safe. But we don't know, because as the virus spreads, those at the top aren't giving us the information we need. Instead, Governor DeSantis plays politics with our kids' health. Educators are keeping the learning going and working to ensure everyone's safety. Text Safe Kids to 31996 to learn more about our fight to protect our students, families, and communities.
0: But Governor Ron DeSantis insists all those reports about thousands of kids being quarantined are being blown out of proportion.
4: We've had very few cases compared to the number of students that have been, been in session. Uh, we've had about 1.2 million students that, that are in person learning. Obviously, when Miami comes, that's going to be a lot more. Uh, the number of positive tests that you've had over that time is such a minute part of that um that the school districts are handling it you know as they go and so it's not like if a test is reported to the state that the state necessarily knows which school that came from that's not the way the way it's going um but i can tell you this the commissioner of education i I asked him to give give, get as much data as we can so he's gone to the surgeon general they've looked at it uh, hopefully we'll be able to have something that we can that they can produce in a digestible format But the fact is, the secondary transmission in our schools, and not just Florida, this is everywhere, is incredibly, incredibly low. In fact, there just hasn't been as much secondary transmission. You'll have situations where someone will be symptomatic on, like, a bus, and then they'll quarantine all the kids on the bus. I don't think you need to do that, but when they're doing that, very few of those kids – have tested positive who've been in these types of, um, these isolations uh, when they don't have symptoms. And so that's just something that I think has been the, the experience, not just throughout the United States, but I think that's been the experience uh, throughout the world. And so that is why when you view something like this, it's different than what we kind of our instincts would tell us with an influenza, where the kids have the germs and they're passing it around. Uh, the fact is, kids being index cases and, and fueling secondary transmission, the data just doesn't support it uh, as it currently stands.
0: Speaking of how things currently stand, Florida has now logged 12,764 fatalities from COVID-19. 664,000 Floridians have been infected. That's about 3% of the state population. Next on Sunrise In Depth, we'll hear from the lawmaker who forced the governor to withdraw his latest appointment to the Florida Supreme Court. She's black, and the governor tried to get her to drop the lawsuit because he wanted to appoint a black justice. But Geraldine Thompson says it's more important to follow the law. That story is next after we check in with the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we're much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. Welcome back to Sunrise. Governor Ron DeSantis has to eat some crow today and pick a new person to serve on the Florida Supreme Court. He tried to appoint Judge Renatha Francis of Palm Beach County, but she wasn't eligible. She didn't meet the minimum number of years for having been a member of the Florida Bar. Now, Francis knew when she applied for the job, she did not meet the 10-year standard. The Judicial Nominating Commission knew it as well, but they sent her name to the governor. And Ron DeSantis knew it too, but he picked her anyway. So State Representative Geraldine Thompson sued, and on Friday, the Florida Supreme Court ordered the governor to pick someone else from the list of nominees.
1: The ruling from the Supreme Court strengthens the confidence uh, that our citizens have in our court system. And it says that these are justices who are going to be objective, impartial, and fair, and rule based on the law. That is exactly uh, what they did. And any Floridian who has a case that might go to the Florida Supreme Court should feel confident that their case is going to be decided based on the law rather than based on ideology, uh, membership in the Federalist Society or sharing the same perspective of the governor who made that appointment. The ruling also uh, says very clearly that we're all governed by the rule of law including the governor of the state of Florida. Uh, he is not above the law, and the Supreme Court made that, uh, that point very clear.
0: The governor tried to guilt trip Thompson into withdrawing her lawsuit, and he did not hesitate to use the race card, saying he could not understand how a black woman could oppose the nomination of another black woman.
4: This particular representative has been somebody who has been very vocal about wanting to have a black justice on the Florida Supreme Court. Well, guess what? The petition that she has filed right now would block a black justice. And then, if granted, potentially force me to pick from the remaining names who are all very good. But guess what? None of them are going to be a black justice. So if that is your goal, then this lawsuit is totally undermining what you stated that you wanted to do. And so when I see a politician saying one thing and then doing another, To me, that's the hypocrisy that so many people are sick and tired of when it comes to people in office.
0: Let's revel in the irony of that last sentence for just a moment. These are indeed strange times when a loyal supporter of Donald Trump complains about politicians who are lying hypocrites. When the governor announces his appointment today, he'll probably blame Thompson for the fact that he will not be able to appoint a black justice. But Thompson says DeSantis did this to himself.
1: The fact that he now has been ordered by the Florida Supreme Court to choose from the list that he received from the JNC in January. Uh, The fact that with Justice Francis uh, removed, Judge Francis removed, he now has no opportunity uh, for diversity. But the governor has had numerous opportunities to achieve diversity on the court. When he appointed Justices Luck and Justice uh, Ligoya, he could have appointed two African Americans to the Florida Supreme Court and achieved diversity. We've had two with uh, Justice Perry and Justice Quince, but apparently in his mind, uh, tokenism is uh, what he is out to achieve. And so he gives us one, and that one is ineligible. So this is the governor's uh, doing, and this is also the doing of the JNC, which is now just a tool of the governor. Uh, That needs reform. At one time, you had three people appointed by the governor to the JNC, and then three people appointed by the Florida Bar, and those six people together chose another three. Now the governor appoints all nine, and so you have a JNC that is broken uh, and is just a tool for the governor. While the governor touts uh, his commitment to diversity, his actions belie what he says. So we're not looking for words, we're looking for actions. And he has not taken the action, even though he's had multiple occasions to bring diversity to the court. He could have appointed two African-Americans this time, people who were eligible and people who were qualified. There were six highly uh, accomplished uh, individuals, five of them were judges, and his JNC rejected all of them. So this is where we are.
0: Thompson says the governor tried to stack the deck and failed. So now he has to play the hand he dealt himself. And she says it could have all been avoided if the governor had simply bothered to talk with her.
1: Throughout this process, I've just been met with arrogance from the governor's office with regard to this issue. I was in Tallahassee in late July, for a press conference, and I requested a meeting with the governor. And at that time, I was going to offer to withdraw the complaint, if he would, of his own volition, nullify this appointment and appoint a qualified person. And he refused to meet with me. And so it has been this kind of um, arrogance that I have been met with uh, from the governor and his attorneys uh, throughout the process. Uh, I uh, hope that that will change.
0: Good luck with that. I've covered every governor since the days of Ruben Askew in the 70s. None of them became less arrogant during their time in office. One final note on this story. In the aftermath of the failed nomination, State Senator Perry Thurston of Broward is calling for every single member of the Supreme Court Nominating Commission to resign for allowing partisan politics to influence the judicial process. The latest polls show Donald Trump and Joe Biden in a dead heat in Florida. And New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg is promising to spend 100 million bucks here between now and the election to push Florida into the blue column. Much of the money will go to TV and digital ads. Bloomberg's new spending is also intended to boost Biden before the start of mail-in voting in Florida. Now, if you do plan to vote by mail, Emmy-winning actor, writer, producer, and director Rob Reiner has some words of advice to make sure your vote gets counted.
5: Our country's in danger. We have a president who denies science, who incites violence and takes absolutely no responsibility of keeping us safe. Right now, hundreds of thousands of us are dying, but it doesn't have to be this way. We have the power to stop this madness, and that power is at the polls. But if you're frightened of going to the polls, you can request a mail-in ballot. And it's easy, but make sure you do it early and you get it in early. And there's an organization called vote.org. It'll explain it all to you. It'll it make sure that you're registered. It'll You can request your mail-in ballot through them. And if we do this, and we do this overwhelmingly, because we're going to have to really overwhelm those polls and make sure we get our voices out, we'll win this and we'll be able to stop this madness. So go to vote.org and find out how you can vote by mail.
0: Reiner is featured in a new mini documentary by Brave New Films, a small nonprofit that's producing video explainers for the state-by-state process of voting by mail, and it features voters from across the state of Florida.
1: I'm Yolanda Russell and I live in Windermere, Florida. Barbara Devane. Tallahassee, Florida. Florenzo Canizares, South Florida. Lorraine Tulliano, Orange County, Florida.
0: Stuart Cohen, Sarasota, Florida. Vote by mail. Vote by mail.
1: Vote by mail.
0: Vote by mail. Vote Voting by mail. mail. Because, hey, you're not going to go out. COVID, we have no idea.
3: You don't know what they may be carrying.
5: Mail. Drop it in the mail.
3: Open it up, select your candidates, mark them in, fold it back up. There's a secrecy envelope in the package. You put it in the secrecy envelope, and then there's an outer envelope that you put the secrecy envelope in. Seal it up, sign on the back, date it, and you put it in the mail and send it off. Two to three days later, you can go online to your supervisor of elections office, and you can check the status of your ballot. Get
1: your voice heard literally i believe that my life depends on it vote like your life depends on it because this time it really does
0: voting by mail begins in florida in just 10 days your calendar of political events begins at 10 this morning with missing children's day that event is held every year in the capitol courtyard but this time it's online the governor the first lady and the chief of the florida department of law enforcement will be taking part in the virtual ceremony The Tampa Bay Regional Planning Council meets at 10 in Pinellas Park. The South Florida Water Management District holds an online forum about recreational issues at 5. And Republican Anna Luna, who's running against Congressman Charlie Crist, speaks during a meeting of the Pinellas County Republican Party at 7 in Clearwater. Finally today, the stories of two Florida men who are doing their best to make us look the worst. A Florida man is arrested after threatening to blow up a state building if they didn't stop calling him about his child support payments. When deputies went to his home, 39-year-old Michael Smith of Ocala denied it, but an employee at the Department of Revenue got the whole thing on tape, including that part where Smith gave his name, address, and social security. Finally, police in Winter Park say a Florida man got so upset when a senior citizen asked him to back away because he wasn't wearing a mask that he beat the guy relentlessly, kicked him in the head when he was down on the ground, and spat on him. The 70-year-old victim suffered serious injuries, including broken bones. 24-year-old Rovester Ingram is charged with aggravated battery. Police also charged him with kidnapping because at one point the victim tried to escape by running back into the convenience store, but Ingram grabbed him by the hair and dragged him back outside to continue the beating. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.